you guys, how are you? I hope you're doing well at home, staying safe. I don't know, a lot of countries are recently lifting off restrictions. Australia is doing so. So this weekend we're allowed to go to parks and, and visit family, but no more than 10 people, I think it is. So as things are trying to get back to normal, I hope everybody's keeping safe and hopefully mindful of how this situation might be going for longer. It could like go back and reverse and we, we might have another other breakouts. But in the meantime, please keep safe. Uh, make sure that you still wash your hands and, you know, keep social distancing and be respectful of people not, not ready to go back to the, to the normal. Um, I think I'm experiencing that myself, but um, yeah, I guess we're all getting a little bit more used to staying at home. But in the meantime, we do have a lot of episodes for you. So I hope you're enjoying that the episodes are running twice every month. So you can, you know, like, yeah, binge on the, on the episodes. They're shorter, so you might be enjoying them as well, being short. This is the last part of our interview with Heather. Um, I didn't imagine it was going to be three episodes, but as it turned out, yeah, there were different topics that we were discussing. So as we discussed with Heather before, the coronavirus has impacted all of us and the travel industry for pleasure. And, and oh, I mean, for the travel industry in general. Um, it has impacted the travel industry roughly throughout the year. But what will the industry look like after this pandemic? That's that's a question I think everybody is asking themselves, especially in the tourism industry and the academics and scholars and pretty much everybody. When will we will we be able to travel again, and how are we gonna travel on forward? Um, so on this part of the last interview uh, with Heather, I wanted to hear her thoughts on how, what will the industry look like once the travel bans are lifted. I don't know, have you imagined how your trips are going to be from now on? Do you want to share your ideas? Just contact me on social media. You know, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for that wonder chick and that's, that's it. It's pretty easy. Or you can also go to the webpage, www.thatwonderchick.com. And yeah, you can just find everything there. So another thing that I wanted to share with you is uh, this week I... I heard a conference that was done by a previous teacher of mine in my master's in tourism and social anthropology uh, with some of her colleagues. And it was about the coronavirus. And obviously all of them were tourism academics, which, why, by the way, was super interesting. I'm going to leave the, the link in the webpage if you want to hear four hours of academics talking about tourism and how it will look like afterwards. But it was very, very interesting. Um, yeah, so if you're, if you're interested, just go to the webpage in the blog article of this episode. You're going to find the link. And while the scholars reflect on how tourism can change um, after this whole thing, and they state that tourism can get like either very greedy because obviously everything's going to be, might be getting expensive and, you know, flights are going to be sort of weird for the next maybe year. Um, or it could go the other way and tourism can get very solidary and very empathic and maybe tourism behaviors are going to change which is what this episode's talking about and you'll see in a little bit um but maybe maybe it will change towards a more responsible way of traveling 
Uh, or, like I said before, we're going to go back to this massive consumption of tourism and over-tourism. So stick around to hear our last thoughts with Heather and look out for the blog articles where you will find everything, like, well, everything that I can, you know, give you to enrich this experience. So from further references, uh, some important notes that the WTO has, um, has been reporting, uh, the link to the conference, which is very interesting, and obviously learn about our guest. So check this out. And also don't forget to subscribe and follow that one to check on social media handles and your favorite, favorite podcast streamer. If you want to rate us, that would be great. Uh, share, reflect, connect, you know, um, just, yeah. Share, share this podcast with people who you think might be interested in. And also you can support the podcast if you like the project by clicking support this project on www.thatwinnetchick.com. Highly appreciate it because I think we need a proper mic. Um, yes. <laughs> and they are quite expensive. So as you know, this this podcast is obviously, there's no, it's, it has to be more sustainable. So if you want to cop to chip in for a mic, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. And yeah, check this out. Do you think, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to ask this question, but do you think it's going to survive the industry? Just like, um, I think, I mean, yes, I think the industry broadly speaking will have to, will of course survive because people who love travel, love to travel and that's never going to stop. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting and probably quite sad to see how many companies that exist now will still exist in 12 months time. Yeah. Um, and just how many people, I guess, still want to work in the industry as well. Because it's, you know, pretty oh, traumatic wow. experience. Um, yeah. There's, I've been a lot of really negative press um, about the travel industry and about travel agents supposedly profiteering from all this. Mm. Um, and that, because we're a, a tour operator and not a retail agency, um, we are probably a little bit removed from a lot of the, the anger of the general public um, in a way that the flight centre and, and bigger companies like that perhaps aren't. Um, but it's quite sad to see on you know, a current affair or one of these programs, uh, people essentially taking out all their anger and frustration on travel agents who are simply doing their job and they're in just as much of a difficult situation as, as everybody else on the planet right now. Probably worse actually because they've got no income and their jobs are precarious at best. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think for a lot of those people who, who are working during this time, it's going to be really difficult to to maintain the love for the industry. Yeah, such it's such a difficult, sad, I think, situation in the next few months. I, I think. I mean, I love the industry. Um, I just love traveling, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it is it is kind of hard to see what's happening, I guess. Did you have any, any trips booked yourself for this year? Yes, so um, I was due to be going to Europe in July, beginning of July. Mm -hmm. um, ironically, we were supposed to be flying through Wuhan with China Southern. 
Um, <laughs> um, well, it's safer now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I obviously that trip is not going to be happening. Um, like millions of other people around the world, I'm going to lose a couple of thousand dollars or more on that trip um, because the airline policy is is such that I won't be able to use any type of rescheduled ticket or whatever. Um, and you know that's that's sad. And of course, I'm going to miss my holiday and getting out of Melbourne for a month of winter is probably my main upset. But yeah, yeah, yeah I was meant to go to Mexico and see my family and get out of the winter as well. I guess that will have to wait a year. <laughs> yeah, it's sad, but I feel like in the scheme of things. Yeah, it is what it is, right? Yeah, it's, it's not unfortunately different. crying about it's not going to make any difference. No, not making any difference. But um, the thing is, like, after this whole thing ha finishes or settles, well, finishes, I think, because yeah, I hope people still travel and, like you said, like choose where to go and and especially like help out as directly as you can to the local economy. Yeah, I think one thing which um which has been, so I'm um, part of a few like travel agents, Facebook groups and things and things like that. And um, it's interesting to see the discussion about what the industry will look like when this is all over. Mm -hmm. um, cruising is probably one of the industries that's going to be the hardest hit. Yeah. Um, which I don't necessarily, I mean, I'm talking from massive personal bias here. Um, but I personally think that the cruise industry is perhaps one of the least positive aspects of, of tourism. Um, the, the huge cruises I'm talking about, you know, three, four, five thousand people on board. Um, environmentally, they're an absolute disaster, you know, in terms of the, the fuel they consume, the energy they consume, um, comparative to the, the amount they put into a local economy. Um, and I think people are going to be really reluctant to get on a vessel that size. Um, after all this is over yes um, and that's maybe not a bad thing you know if, if those people uh travel in a more sustainable way travel in a way that really puts more money into a, a local economy rather than into a, a global cruising brand um, that's not a bad thing in my view yeah yeah i, I was another question that i wanted to ask about the cruise ships because obviously that's one of the most unsafe ways you know to travel with this whole thing because you're stuck in a vessel for how um, i don't know at least two two days at least yeah um it's just easy to spread everything's easy to spread in a cruise ship so yeah it's, it's interesting to see that what what's gonna what's it what will be look what we're gonna be looking at when this finishes in terms of normal life as well as travel, like what are the the new the new ways that life is gonna? Yeah, it's um it's funny, isn't it? Like I think opinion veers wildly from whether or not we will all change dramatically, and in terms of the you know health and hygiene, yeah. are we still going to be shaking hands in a year's time? Will people in Latin countries be kissing each other hello? Whether or not they you know is all that going to stay the same, or is all that going to change? Yeah. And I think. I, I'm not sure. It can, either, it can go one way or the other, right? Things are either going to change dramatically or in three years' time we'll look back and be like, wow, do you remember how paranoid we all were then? Yeah. It's crazy that you mentioned that. That's one of the things that I miss the most is hugging people. 
that's my my inner Latin coming out. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, well, that's, I mean, we were saying, we were saying uh, the other day, why, why were Italy and Spain so badly affected compared to, uh, to Germany, for example? And I mean, yes, Italy kicked off, I guess, before they really had a chance to, <laughs> to get a grip on it, but is it, you know? Does it, does it have to do with the cultural as well, the way that people greet each other, the proximity that they stand together when they talk? Maybe that has something to do with it. Yes, that's true. Maybe it will affect our personal space conception. Yeah. So, yeah. I definitely think, um, you know, in terms, of, uh, in terms of the tourism industry, the, I mean, one of the first things that happened when this was just sort of beginning is that all of our ground operators sent out emails advising what was being done to protect people. So in terms of, um, you know, sanitising transport, giving people um, hand sanitizer and masks if they wish to wear them. I guess, you know, thinking about the surfaces that people touch in terms of transportation and tourism, all those kind of things were being considered in new ways and that's the kind of stuff that might um, that might remain in place after all this is over in terms of health and hygiene and and just being aware that you know the sheer number of people moving around the world is obviously a huge cause for concern when you have um, any kind of, of illness or, or epidemic um, and how to to contain that. Yeah it's going to be, I remember with the swine flu in Mexico, after the swine flu I think every place still has well, obviously now it does, but even though last, even two years ago, there's still a antibacterial in the entrance of a lot of establishments because of the swine flu. Before that, there, it wasn't common to see that. Yeah. But I remember after that, after that epidemic, it was something that you could see everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Has um, I mean, people are, you know, joking about the hand washing and stuff, but I mean, if I had a, you know, if I had a cold, I'd still go to work. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's just a cold. And you don't really think about how easy it is for the sickness to spread, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and while a cold's not particularly serious, maybe people are going to start to think about, about the impact on other people, you know. And just because you don't feel that sick, well, maybe you should still stay home and, and protect people around you from perhaps contracting a, vers a worse version of the the virus. Yeah. Yeah, so that's true. Well, I think we're going to have to to finish to wrap this up. Uh, so in general, I, I, I'd like to finish with maybe a summary of recommendations for tourists and travelers who obviously want to travel. So what would be like in the future? Obviously, now everybody has to stay at home. Please stay at home. But in the future, what would be the general recommendation to sort of deal with a possible other pandemic or crisis uh, for travelers? Um, I think anyone who's looking to travel in the future should go to their local travel agent and talk to a professional about their wishes. Mm -hmm. um, I think that can also be really positive in terms of finding someone to help you direct your money in the most positive way before you travel. Um, Taking out travel insurance <laughs> um, and, and really doing your homework. You know, it's so boring. Nobody likes to think about insurance. Uh, nobody wants to pay for insurance. But we have many, many clients who have been left 
high and dry because their policies simply won't cover anything to do with the pandemic. Um, and then we have clients who are 100% financially secure because their policies have covered them. So, yeah, that's a, a big one. <laughs> It's interesting, like the, the insurance, most of them don't cover epidemics, and then that's most the of them don't. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and that's um, that's something that really makes me angry as well. Is that there's there's so much fury being poured upon, uh, you know, retail travel agents or, or, or people in the business uh, like us, and nobody's looking to the insurance companies. You know, you've got lawyers of London who's worth. God knows how many billions worth of pounds. Um, and nobody's directing their anger at these insurance companies who are there to support people when things like this happen, you know, when the unforeseen happens and, and makes you cancel your trip or have to change your plans. That's why you take out insurance. Um, and for these enormous wealthy financial institutions to turn around and wash their hands of people, I think is just appalling. Maybe that's something that will change. Like, obviously, they'll have to take into account pandemics now after this yeah. Yeah. it's it's a whole year of things happening i know yeah. it's not gonna there, nobody's gonna buy travel insurance in the next few months because nobody's traveling so maybe that will hit them hard to see well we have to cover this in, in the next yeah year. it'll be interesting to see what happens to premiums um i think the cost of insurance is going to rise quite substantially uh, which is probably something else that people should be angry about because it's already ludicrously expensive um, yeah, true. It's only going to get more expensive. Yeah, but I think it's it's important to, for for people to like don't give into the panic. And if you had trips in this year and you you were able to reschedule for next year, travel and like you said, do your homework and go and see how your money will help the local economies instead of personally, I rather give my money to a local economy than big giants of the tourism industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's unless the, you know where the money's going, unless yeah. they're doing this different, you know, conservation and yeah. social welfare. And I think that's really, you know, the one of the big movements that's um, that's taken off here in Australia around all this is shop local. You know, mm. um, support your local business, avoid the the massive players, and and try and. and use your money as locally as possible. And I, I think that goes back to, you know, booking through a local travel agent. Yes, it's going to be more expensive than booking online with Expedia or booking.com, but A, you're supporting the local community. That money goes back out through what travel agent spends in, in his or her own suburb. Um, and you're also, you know exactly where that money's going. You've got someone to talk to. Um, I think Expedia have been dragged through the absolute mud over the last uh, month in terms of, you know, you pick up the phone and try and call them. Well, the call centre's been closed down in, in Manila or wherever it was based. Um, it's impossible to get an answer back. There's no face behind the company, you know, and I think that's what makes uh, booking through a local agent so attractive. You can sit down across from that person. You might know their family. You know who they are in the community. Um, and that, that goes for every single industry, I think. Yeah. It's really important to support, support local business. Yeah. But and the same goes when you're overseas, you know, you spend your money in local shops, you employ local guides, you support local uh, community initiatives. Um, and, and I think that's something that if people who had trips planned for this year, you know, people who are supposed to travel to South America or to Africa, contact the specialist that you were supposed to book with or that you did book with 
um, and see if they can direct you to any any community initiatives to, to support overseas. You know, just because you can't be there physically doesn't mean that you can't show them some support. Um, you know, a, a very small donation in Australian dollars will, will make a huge impact in somewhere like Peru. So, yeah, that's a good option too. Great, so we're gonna wrap this up. Thank you so much for, for spending this time with me. No worries, it was a pleasure. <laughs> and yeah, we hope to have you back sometime soon in, in another, with another. In the flesh, hopefully next time. Yes, and hopefully not about this really hard sort of times. And Well, let's hope we have something positive to discuss next time. I'm, I'm a naturally optimistic person, so I feel like We'll come out of this okay. Yeah. There'll be a few fewer jobs in, in the industry, but it'll it'll pick up again. It always does. People you'll never stop people traveling. No, no. No, let's hope not. Thank you so much, Heather. No worries, thank you. Nice talking with you. Well, thank you, Heather, for sharing your thoughts and experiences with us. And next time, I hope we interview Heather on a more positive topic, <laughs> not this pandemic. But I also want to thank uh, Brendan Josie for helping out with the online interview sound. And obviously, thank you for listening. So just to summarize the last three episodes, basically, uh, there are some interesting uh, reflections and lessons that we we'll learned from this pandemic. So first of all is support your local travel agency. Um, that way the money that you spend on your trip will not only reach the destination, but will reignite your local economy, which is really important. I, I, sometimes we don't think about that when we, when we think about travel agents. I guess we, we think we can do better, but actually if, if, if you have the means you're also you're already spending in a trip, so you don't really see how much of that fee will go to your travel agent, but you will definitely help out the local economy in your hometown. Also, travel agents can redirect your money to a more sustainable choice. So ask them to choose a hotel or a destination that has cultural experiences to learn more about the, co the country that you're visiting and could support a local project. I hope you didn't hear my dogs. They're like trying to struggle next to me. And I, anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, and also check and revise very well your travel insurance. Do your homework. I know it's a pain in the ass, but really do your homework and choose the one that covers the best. And maybe think about getting one that covers, obviously, epidemics. Also, if, you're, if you can travel overseas, maybe start by traveling locally, if you can travel overseas, um, to help out your domestic economy. So by spending your money in a local or regional destinations, you're going to reignite the industry where you live. And basically, that has uh, like a butterfly effects effect. Everything will, will start to, to get better. And last but not least, reflect on what kind of tourist you want to be on your next trips. I guess right now is the best time to reflect on that. Just as the academics that I that I told you about, um, Marina Novelli and others in that conference that I heard, uh, they were reflecting on what the industry will look like after this. Reflect on what kind of tourist you want to be. Um, how are you going to engage with the destinations? What are your safety measures from now on? 
and how you, you can take care of others. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from this whole pandemic. Um, okay, so I think that might not be the last of the coronavirus episodes that we have for this season, uh, just because everything's changing so fast. But just wait a little bit, two weeks, and we have for you a new different topic, completely, completely reversed. Uh, we're gonna we interview Joseph Shear, which is a, a really great academic. Um, we're gonna discuss the topic of over-tourism. You already heard this word in like the last few episodes. It's a massive thing that's happening. Well, it was happening just before the coronavirus. Obviously, right now is the completely opposite. But I think it would be good to to compare the two situations um, because we're just living historical times. So in two weeks, you'll have that episode. It's amazing. Joseph Shear is an incredible academic. He's written so many articles and books and And he's just amazing. Um, so stay tuned for the next episodes. And we'll be discussing other topics afterwards. Very interesting cultural heritage and destination branding. So yeah, keep up and enjoy, enjoy your weekend. See ya.